on this episode of the Wild Rose Vet Podcast. Things fall apart if we don't have those things done. <laughs> so we do need volunteers for those important things. Exactly. What am I going to clean the scale off with? <laughs> Your sleeve? All, all those ear mites that just dropped out of that cat's ear? How do I get it off the scale without her? <laughs> This is the Wild Rose Vet Podcast with Dr. Savannah Howes-Smith. Today I'm chatting with Nurse Connie about, I want to talk about today, the concept of volunteering in a veterinary context. And the reason that I think you're a great candidate to talk about this with me is that you also volunteer way too much, as do I. And uh, sometimes I actually get some blowback from people around me saying, they'll, they'll ask me, why do you volunteer so much? Like, what is going on? And uh, have you had that experience at all, Connie, where people have questioned your sanity over your volunteer endeavors? <laughs> oh, absolutely. But more often they want to come with us, right? It's true. As soon as you show them how cool it is, like you can get people oh. hooked in pretty easily. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I mean, my first, well, you know, years ago, I brought my kid to the Humane Society and we volunteered walking dogs because our dogs were always my dogs and never his dogs. So it ha- gave him a chance to have his own dog for you know, <laughs> the 20 minutes that we were poor walking. Scott. I know this poor <laughs> child, but he wanted to. But the best, the most incredible experience I ever had was when I first became, no, there were two of them. They happened on my first um, first year of becoming a tech. Mm-hmm. Um, one, I went to the Galapagos for a spay and neuter program. Ooh, Imagine in um, intubating a cat for a spay while a giant tortoise walks by outside. <laughs> that sounds bizarre. I'm not going to lie. Mean, first of all, lucky the cat didn't get the uh, tube out the ear. Um, <laughs> but a little bit distracted. <laughs> a little distracted, but it's the greatest way to learn new things, see new things, um, and also give to your community. Well, give to some community, right? That was really cool. Yeah. Then I got to go to Africa mm-hmm. um, in Rwanda to help develop some educational programs for subsistence farmers. I know nothing oh, okay. about farmers, but I went there with my tablet and uh, we did have the educational programs, which were really important because everybody has a cow um, or, or two goats. Mm-hmm. They're all, they were all given after, after the, after the, the war. Um, and a lot of people didn't know what to do with them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was trying to teach on that. But the biggest video that everyone wanted to see was lancing an abscess in a cow. Uh, of course, classic. <laughs> and it was so much fun. You know, I mean, here we are with, you know, the parts of the cow's stomach and everything else and trying to be all academic and everything else. And they're like, wow, this is cool. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Anytime an, a cow abscess comes into the clinic or a cat abscess, you can guarantee there's a crowd. There's a crowd. <laughs> there's always but a crowd. Volunteering is a hoot, right? And and I guess there's no cost to volunteering other than an emotional cost. What do you think? Why well, do you volunteer? And yeah, and that's something, the answer changes all the time. Um, and I always find it hard to summarize it because it's it's so many things all at once as to why 
I really enjoy volunteering. And it's it's so many things. I enjoy the people that I meet. And so I always joke that the most interesting thing about me is all the people that I know. <laughs> and so meeting really interesting people doing fantastic things in the world is a huge part of why I like to volunteer and continue to volunteer. Um, I like using skills that I've taken the time to develop and improve upon and then applying them basically in a way that's uh, very useful to people because, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of skills we develop that we just do it for ourselves or, you know, it's part of work. But if I can take these 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 very niche, very specialized skills that I have that not just anybody can offer and I can give that freely to help somebody out, it's a fantastic feeling that's kind of hard to describe. Um, it's like a mixture of pride but also humility um, and, and a sense of service. But uh, yeah, so I really, I really like doing that because not just anybody can go spay a cat in 10 minutes, right? Like not anybody, very few people really, when you look in the grand scheme of things, can actually do a lot of what we can do. And so it's really awesome that we're using those services and giving them to people that really require them and really like to have them. Um, I like to see the bigger impact we can have on the fabric of a community as well. So doing things because uh, the major organizations I work with really focus on keeping animals in the home, like in their house where they belong with their family, um, rather than other types of organizations where maybe that's not the main goal for whatever reason. And so yeah. I really like seeing how um, by providing these services, by giving this support, we're able to keep animals where they belong. And that's with their family, in their homes, because we're keeping animals where they're loved. We're keeping them where they live and where they belong. And I think that's uh, another reason I really like uh, volunteering and providing those services as well. We went to this place where they're teaching sustainable farming and things that we can bring back to Canada. So how you can um, take um, urine from large animals mm -hmm. and essentially uh, brew it. Oh, so <laughs> I can smell it from here. I know. Well, <laughs> you sort of let it ferment for a while oh, no. and then you spray it on the strawberries or whatever plant you have. Mm -hmm. And it's a perfect paras uh, anti-parasite okay. <laughs> procedure. And it's totally environmentally clean and correct and everything else. Um, you know, so instead of in the strawberry plants, what is that? You, you, you uh, infuse the ground with bromide, which is probably not a very nice thing to be infusing the ground with because yeah. it gets in the water table. Um, you put this, you spray this, this fermented cow pee on the <laughs> strawberries. And um, so appetizing. <laughs> I, yeah. But it, there were, there were no, there were no bugs. There were no weeds. Weeds, and there were very happy, huge strawberries. Mm -hmm. And also learning how to raise cooey appropriately. I mean, oh, yeah. whoever thinks of raising a guinea pig, um, you know, you think, oh, my God, how could you eat a little pocket pet? But how to raise them with animal, animal welfare in mind, without medications, with, you know, mm -hmm. so they're totally mm -hmm. organic. Mm -hmm. And they grow gigantic. <laughs> and then how to... How to call them what is it when you you know in the abattoir i guess it depends on how uh graphic you want to get <laughs> yeah how you how you kill them so the processing is the probably the most sterilized word <laughs> yeah well processing yeah but it's how you kill them <laughs> um humanely it's like wow 
I didn't know you could do anything like this. And, you know, then coming back and talking to the agricultural department at the U of A afterwards, they're like, well, that's pretty cool. Yeah, the exchange Maybe. of ideas with volunteering, yeah. I think, is is fantastic. And it's, I mean, volunteering in the way that I have, has inf- it influences my daily practice I, yeah. significantly. I feel that I'm a much better professional, a much better veterinarian for my volunteer experiences yeah. than I would have been otherwise. Because of that range of ideas you're exposed to and creative thinking and new ways of looking at things and approaching things and learning how to apply spectrum of care in different situations. And uh, I can take all of that back to my regular profession and improve it accordingly. Yes, so absolutely. And into your personal life and become yep. a more respectful person. Oh, absolutely. I mean, 100%, especially <laughs> when working with um, with Alberta Helping Animal Society and we're dealing with people in a different socioeconomic class. Um, very, very helpful. And it, it kind of grounds you. It reminds you that, you know, not everybody is as well off in the world as others. And so it's really, it's, and it's humbling to see them doing the best that they can in the situation they have and, uh, and, and seeing how much they care for animals and, and care for uh, another critter when they themselves probably could be in need of some caring. <laughs> Something that I think a lot of people are interested in is is uh, I'll get them all fired up about the concept of volunteering and helping out and all these cool things we do. I find a lot of people have a difficult time getting into a good volunteer groove. So finding your niche, finding what you're good at and how you can be of service to people. Um, right. Do you have any advice for, say, somebody who's listening that would love to volunteer with some kind of animal organization? Yeah. Just try it out. I mean, that's the most important thing. Get in, try it out and be honest with yourself and the people you're working with that you do like this or you don't like this. Mm -hmm. We have a volunteer who's absolutely the best in the world at picking up food, organizing us, helping with paperwork. Um, Not too cool. I mean, we thought, well, she's super volunteer. Let's get her scrubbing instruments. She's like, ew, that's dirty. (laughs) So, <laughs> so it takes um, a, a bit of self awareness of what uh, what yeah, what so you are aware, good at and what yeah. you're not going to be Absolutely. thrilled to do. And everything, and everything you do is important, right? Mm. Um, I was just at uh, at a shelter with a volunteer who was making these things that we all use all the time called one one time use rags. Mm-hmm. So rather than destroying the planet with paper towels, you take all these old towel towels, cloth towels, and you cut them up and then you use them and you're not going to wash them again because they're really gross by the Mm -hmm. time you've used it. Mm -hmm. You're going to throw it away. Well, there's somebody has to cut those up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and she was cutting them up with with like a, a special mat that would measure it out exactly and i'm like wow that's fancy i would have just torn them into pieces and hope for the best <laughs> see yeah, that's well, why i wouldn't be good yeah. in that volunteer that's position that's not your skill <laughs> strength but i just looked at her and i said you know i think you have the most important job here yeah and i think that's something people have to go- have as well in mind is that not everybody gets like i feel a lot of people will come in there having an idea of what they think they want to do you know, that they want to, everybody wants to do like the fun and the flashy stuff or the big things or like the, the nobody, or fewer puppies. people, yeah, and fewer people want to do the very meaningful, significant work that maybe isn't as glamorous, like yeah. creating one-time use regs. But <laughs> I, honestly, like you said, 
things fall apart if we don't have those <laughs> things done. <laughs> so we do need volunteers for those important things. Exactly. What am I going to clean the scale off with? <laughs> Your sleeve? All, all those ear mites that just dropped out of that cat's ear? How do I get it off the scale without her? <laughs> I feel like volunteering ends up being a little mystical. Like people just seem to fall into their volunteer positions. Like with Task Force, which is one of the the biggest things I've volunteered with for the longest time, I literally it came in like a newsletter for the ABVMA or something like that. I don't even remember. It looked like I was like, oh, that seems kind of cool. I could I can spay a, an animal sometimes. And I went up to <laughs> I went up to Wabuska by myself. I knew nobody there. I had no idea what I was doing. I was only three weeks into actually my first job as a veterinarian. Like I oh literally goodness. just graduated. Oh my goodness. Three weeks out, I go up to Wabuska by myself. This is like four or five hours north of Edmonton. I have no idea where I'm going. I got lost on the way. I didn't know anybody there. And I had the best time. <laughs> <laughs> I really, I just threw myself out there and hoped for the best. And thankfully, it worked out really well. And I mean, now I've been volunteering with them solid for eight years and I'm heavily involved in that organization. And so I think a lot of times people just have to, you just got to, you got to take that leap of faith. You just got to jump yep. in there and see if it works for you. And if it doesn't, you walk away, try to find something else. But if you find it, if you manage to jump into the right puddle, it's phenomenal. It's amazing. It is. It yeah. is. It's a hoot. <laughs> yeah. I probably shouldn't have been there, though. So, like, coming back to that assessing your abilities, I should have done that more. <laughs> I was in I was in way over my head. <laughs> Sometimes some of these organizations then develop all these little things. If you can't do this by this time, you may not want to come. Um, you may never have gone. Oh, 100%. And, and I think we about that I think about that all the time because we have implemented a lot of different restrictions for our volunteers now. And I... And, I always just, I'm a very cognizant of the fact that at that point in time, I would not have been allowed to volunteer the way that I did. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and, and we wouldn't have met then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's like, it's just crazy, crazy to think about, you know, a lot of times volunteering, it just kind of happens. You happen to find your place. So yeah. Um, I think, yeah, really, I mean, just go out there, just, just throw yourself out there, you know, be like, hey, I can, I can try this and maybe go outside your comfort zone a little bit. Exactly. Um, and you know what, if the organization turns you down, go to another one. If anybody is thinking of doing something, instead of going and just sitting on a beach, go be a uh, go do volunteerism. Yeah, volunteerism is is uh, polarizing as well. That's that can be a controversial topic, and I think it's it's one of those things where it can be done. I've seen it done well, and I've seen it done horribly. Yeah, yeah. Well, we went. And we were we were for our fiftieth birthday. We went and um, were free research assistants on a biodiversity study mm -hmm. in um, in um, the heck was it? It was in Peru. Uh, it was really cool. We were six hours boat ride away from anything resembling um, uh, civilization, and we were counting mammals and um, other organisms um, that were recovering from illegal hunting oh, wow. and foresting, forestry, and we could still hear the guns. Wow. <laughs> um, and it was really cool. It was terrifying, but it was really cool to learn. Um, and, 
my husband and I each had our own task and we liked our own tasks. He sat and measured the weather when um, um, parrots and other uh, birds would come to this one particular feeding station. And I would go on transit hikes and uh, way outside my comfort zone because I'm terrified of pigs and um, uh, count uh, peccaries. Okay. Uh, which are scary ass um, wild boars that really smell bad. <laughs> There's no and, bias there. <laughs> and and try and, and yeah, they are. Well, you know, they say don't hide behind a tree, get up a tree as fast as you can. Oh my and they're these little skinny pole trees. It's like, how do I go up this pole to get away from a peccary if it starts coming at me? <laughs> oh my God, Connie. Well, those things are fun. That's a lot more fun than sitting in a beach. As you're as you're describing this, I've got this thought forming in my head, and this is probably something that we should. I would love to chat about over a couple glasses of wine someday. And it's it's the concept of how how can something that's at its core supposed to be entirely selfless because you're giving your time, your energy, your your hard earned skills away for free. How can such a thing result in so much personal gain and satisfaction? And I wonder if that's part of the reason why volunteerism sometimes goes off the rails is that there's an imbalance between what are you actually providing versus how much benefit are you reaping and how are you actually getting that benefit? That's, you know, that's a really good point. I bet that's, I bet that's how it does go wrong, right? Yeah, yeah. is that you're no longer focusing, like, uh, where your primary focus is, is your primary focus to go there and, and have a fun vacation and you just happen to do something on top of it? Or is yeah. your primary focus, you are there to provide a service and you yeah. happen to have a good time while you're doing it. And you have a good time. But also, I mean, you know, like like looking at the peccaries, which which still tear. I mean, my hands <laughs> are sweating right now. Oh um, it's it's also going way outside your comfort zone. And yep. if you're too far outside your comfort zone, you don't feel safe. You also can can't also be effective that. at that point either. You're right? not effective and you're just terrified and then somebody has to take care of you. And, and then, yeah, now you've added to the workload instead of alleviating it. And honestly, yeah, I mean, yeah. bringing it close to home, some that's one of the reasons we've, we've changed a little bit of uh, the qualifications for volunteer veterinarians yeah. and task force, honestly. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so I think, uh, I just think that's a, an interesting idea. And I honestly, I actually don't think it's wrong to derive um, benefit from volunteering. You know, no. I think I think that's one of the reasons that people keep going back to volunteering. And I think it should be supported that somebody you should you should enjoy it. You know, you should get some benefit from it. Um, yeah. It's just uh, I think we'll just we just have to be cognizant of what kind of benefits are you getting and um, what are you contributing in return for that? Because, yeah, some of the ones I've seen go off the rails um, with volunteerism, it's been uh misguided where the primary goal was to go have fun on the beach and then we also happened to maybe like build a house or two while we're there. Something else potential volunteers should be cognizant of too is that if you find an organization that looks pretty cool, you want to volunteer for them, I think people should be free to ask questions and feel like they can be honest about what they can do and what's expected of them. Yeah. Um, Because a lot of organizations are happy just to have a warm body but then expect them to do something without training or without knowing what they're doing, and you end up with a bad experience for everybody. So a large part of that does fall back on the organization itself. Yeah. Oh, this was a really responsible organization, and Mm -hmm. I sort of thought I was going to be the next Jimmy Carter, but um, (laughs) no, not my skill set. (laughs) 
<laughs> you know what, though? You tried. You put I yourself tried, out there. And I know what to I can Crack do. at it. <laughs> well, have a good rest of your day, Connie. Thanks again. See you guys. All right. See you. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Wild Rose Vet Podcast. If you like the show, please leave us a five-star rating and a review. And while you're at it, why not tell your friends about us? Subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcast, or wherever you're listening to us right now. Check out the show notes to see where you can find us on social media and for more information on the Dr. Savannah Wild Rose Vet television series. The Wild Rose Vet Podcast is hosted by Dr. Savannah Howe-Smith. Produced by Trent Wilkie, Shirley McLean, Dylan Wirtz, Tanya Cognigotier, and Valerie Oudmarchand. Recorded by Ian Armstrong at Wolf Willow Studios. With original music by Wayne LaValle.